0: This morning's scripture comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water To one of these little ones, in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Danny. Seven years ago, I had a chance to uh, tour Turkey. It was a a rare opportunity to visit some uh, Christian sites there, Cappadocia, uh, Ephesus, uh, where Paul walked, I got to walk. It was just, it, it was, it was amazing. I was so excited about that. It was sponsored by a uh, a group from Turkey uh, that they, their office was based out of Jackson. These uh, wonderful uh, Sufi Muslims there that took a bunch of Christians and a few Jewish folk uh, to show them all these Christian sites. I was so excited about getting to go and see all these sites but what surprised me was the hospitality that i received from every home every family everybody in turkey Uh, it was un it was unbelievable i'll have to tell you that i was a little bit nervous because uh turkey is not mississippi that's for sure and um and it was it was very uh i was a little guarded at first i remember the first House that we went into, it was a large family, and we were all there in a circle. And the grandfather spoke and had some beautiful words. I couldn't, I couldn't even say yes or no in Turkish, right? So there was a, there was a, an interpreter there, and he was welcoming us. And then his, his wife, and then their kids, and uh, and we were uh, eating. Um, just some of the grapes and cheese crackers and some other things that I had no idea what I was eating, but I was eating it, trying to be a good guest. And then all of a sudden, some young guy uh, came out with a gun just right on his shoulder. And then he looked at me and he said, I was like, well, it's been a good life. You know, it's been a really good life. You know, I can't go, Lord, if this is how I go, this is how I go. And so he took me and I was real nervous. And all of a sudden there was a big jug of water there, about 50 Feet away, and we we took target practice. Had a great time. Had a great time. There was uh, every night almost felt like Thanksgiving because in Turkey, as in many in many cultures, you know the 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 ultimate is to show and lavish hospitality. It almost felt like Thanksgiving every single night. It's like, I can't eat anymore. But they just left. So the next night, we were in a skyscraper at the top of a condominium with a, a beautiful family there and food everywhere. But this was a younger family and a smaller family. So they their first uh their first child came out he was about nine years old and he did a magic show for us and that was great that was a lot of fun and then the uh the young woman uh the uh, young woman she was seven or six years old she did a comedy routine and we were all laughing all these american you know christians and uh, mississippi uh pastors and clergy um but then they found a guitar and, y'all, I can't, I can't resist the temptation to play guitar, right? So I grabbed it, and, uh, and, and I mean, what songs could, uh, could, could bring these cultures together? I played the music of the king, Elvis Presley, right? I can't help falling in love with you. And, and they didn't know a lick of English. They knew every word to that Elvis song. And then we played You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine, and we sang. And then we finally played I'll Fly Away. And would you know know, they knew every word to that song. Every house lavished, loved, overwhelmed. I mean, our tour guide would have taken a bus for us. I mean, she was unbelievable. And she was the one out of Jackson. And would you know that I still get birthday emails, Christmas emails, Easter emails. I mean, she's... She's more religious than I am. I mean, in my own faith. I mean, she's, she's sending me all this stuff. And so it's this friendship um, and these relationships uh, made me think a lot about hospitality and making space because I got, to, I got to experience what that might look like to make space. And oddly enough, even among two different religions, distinct religions... I just felt the presence of Christ in that place that was beyond anything I can explain or imagine. Jesus said this while he was sending people out to be received by other homes, not knowing what they would find or who they would talk to or or how things might go. Jesus says, Whoever welcomes me, uh, whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous man in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. Whoever gives even a cup of cold water, even the littlest thing, Jesus says, will not lose their reward. See, what's true in Turkey is true in our own Christian faith. Those of us who are... Uh, Christian apprentices who struggle sometimes and fall, but do all we can to to follow our uh, Savior, Jesus Christ, are called to participate, to make space in hospitality. Now I know some of you are great at it. I've been to your homes. It's been awesome and it's been fun. Some of us maybe are not so good at that. Some of us love putting out the best china and... And, and, and do it up. And others of us are sort of paper plate people um, like me. Um, but the, call, the calling is clear. Um, you'll recall even when Sarah and uh, Abram received three visitors. you remember that in the Old Testament? They came, they, they kind of strangers, they didn't know. Now, they would give them some news that would make Sarah laugh, right? Because Sarah was older. Oh, you're going to have a child but they, they pulled out everything out of the refrigerator and fed them and lavished love upon them. It says in the New Testament, in Hebrews 3, that they didn't know it, but they were entertaining angels. And Jesus even takes it a step further. He says, if anybody receives you, receives me. And when you receive someone else in love and lavish your hospitality on them, you are it as if you are receiving God because you are. Jesus said the same thing when he talked about at the end when we would all be answerable to God and accountable to God. What was, what was Jesus' vision? It's like, and I was naked and you, and, and you clothed me. I was in jail and you came to visit me. I was in the hospital. You gave me a call. We don't remember that. We don't remember that. When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. He's been calling all of us, this hospitality. And y'all, I think this is the hardest one in our series. I'm kind of glad it's the last one in our series. This is the most difficult. And I'm not talking about cleaning the house and getting everything ready. It's Jesus' crazy guest list that makes it very difficult. Okay? Now, what amazing thing to me about Jesus is this. He didn't really have a home, did he? He didn't have anywhere to go. But he always made people feel at home. There's a little myth out there that Jesus was very unpopular. That could not be any further from the truth. Jesus was incredibly popular with the people, with those who were uninvited and looked over. In fact, it was his popularity with people, lavishing his love upon people that made the religious elite most angry and most nervous. Oh, there's Jesus. He welcomes sinners, right? He welcomes the outsiders. There's the weird rabbi. There's the guy, right? Not coloring within the, you know, the dots, not keeping it within the, uh, the lines. There goes Jesus. And so the powerful disliked him. But those, those who were the outsiders... They loved this guy. They loved this guy. So who's on, who's on Jesus' guest list? The first group of people on Jesus' guest list are the uh, insignificant and the insufficient. The insignificant and the in, uh, insufficient. Jesus said this in Mark nine thirty seven. He says, whoever welcomes a child welcomes me, welcomes me. Now children in Jesus' time were not just insignificant, they were almost like inconvenient. They were going to cost you money until you could get them working in the field. They weren't like the cute Gerber babies of today, right? You almost waited and get it, didn't get attached to kids until they got to that age because many of them didn't survive anyway. And so there, there, there they were and the disciples were trying to you know, have a church council meeting with Jesus and they were there and they were dealing with important stuff... And all these kids start crawling all over Jesus, right? They're in the way. And one of the disciples says, let's send these kids away. And Jesus says, no, hinder not the children. Let them them come to me, the insignificant. You remember the parable of the wedding feast? Jesus told this to people who um, had a real tight and small invitation list when it came to hospitality. Jesus said there was this great wedding, and everybody, all the well-to-do people were invited, right? All the who's who of the village. But one by one, everybody had an excuse. I can't go. No, I'm not going to go. I can't go. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Nobody showed up. And the head of the wedding party told the servants, you go out and you invite everybody in the streets... Invite everyone and tell them to come, for the feast is for them. The insignificant and the insufficient. Now, in your own practice of hospitality, do you see faces of people that may otherwise be invisible to you? Do you see those faces? Put them on your guest list. Put them on your guest list when you receive them, you are receiving the face of Christ. Second one, and this is a little different, but it's the stranger in the other. The stranger in the other. That's the, that's the second one on Jesus's uh, guest list. Y'all remember Jesus walking through Samaria? I mean, people who were a part of Jesus's uh, uh, tribe and in his religion, they didn't even want to set foot in Samaria. They would go all the way around that country. Right? Or that, that, that territory. Um, Samarians were kind of close to the, in the Jewish faith, but just, in, just different enough as well. Um, and, you know, those you were close to are sometimes the ones like you dislike the worst, sort of. And there was so much enmity between Jesus' uh, people and in, in, in His tradition and that, that of the Samaritans. And He walks up and, he, and, and, and he's, he finds Himself at a well in Samaria. He doesn't go around Samaria. He goes through Samaria. And he has the nerve to begin talking with a woman at the the light of day, right? Talking about water. Jesus talked about living water. She thought he was talking about literal water. He's talking about the water that never runs out. And then she starts to talk talk about sort of the differences between uh, the Samaritans uh, and, and, and the Israelites. And... And she said, oh, you know, I know y'all believe uh, that it's the, it's the right to, to worship God on Sinai. We, we worship on Mount Gerizim. Who's right? And it's really like Jesus says, look, it's about worshiping God in truth and spirit. And he begins to tell her so much about her life that she knows that there's some, something so much deeper, so much deeper than a tradition or even a religion that a connection with God the father of us all, is is where Jesus was pointing her. And she was so excited, so amazed that this man knew her and loved her that she went back in preaching the good news. The stranger, the other. Who is that on your guest list? Now, yesterday uh, we got exposed to some really nasty stuff going on in Oxford. White nationalism, um, white supremacy... Um, flags shouting right there on the square, and it was despicable. Um, and I, I don't know what you do about that. Of course, people have the freedom to um, they have the freedom to, to say what they want, but it's uh, it's my heart ached um, that that kind of hatred still exists, that people want to intimidate others or. Or to, or to claim some sort of a small little thing. You know, they didn't want it. some people don't want to do othering, right? They want to prop up uh, something that is so much smaller than God, their race. And it, it, just, it, was, it was disgusting. Um, but a lot of people spoke out about it, and I'm glad they did. It needed to be claimed, and I hereby claim, <laughs> just so you know where I stand... Uh, there's just no room for that in, in, in our world. And, um, but as Christians, as people who follow the one who is beyond all of our categories, it's not enough just to curse the darkness, right? Jesus says you've got to expand your guest list. You have to make space for the other. Nettie Winters, some of y'all know Nettie Winters... He uh, started Mission Mississippi. And his one main goal was to get white people and black people to eat at the same restaurant together. Kind of a simple concept, but I think a beautiful one. Nettie calls it gracism, which I love. Gracism. But here's what I... Here, here's, and, and, and I love that. But, and I want to ask you, though, I want to ask you about your own table it was, it was said to me uh, uh, by someone who led a, an event, a continuation event, especially on racial reconciliation. The woman said, We're, we, our churches aren't going to get uh, integrated the way we need them to be until, until the tables in our homes become places of hospitality for the other. Now that convicted me because I got to thinking about my own table behind my own door in my home. And I've asked myself this, when has that been a place of hospitality for someone maybe of another race, another religion, another viewpoint? And that convicted me. She went on to say that for those of us who follow Jesus, none of us have tables in our homes. You know what we got, she said? We got altars. Those of us who want to follow Jesus and who want to receive and, and open up our lives to Jesus, you walk by an altar in your house, not a table. And from the looks of this group, there are probably 60 or 70 tables represented right here. What would it look like? If all of us thought about what it would mean to receive the other at our table or to be the invited guest, maybe do both. I think an incredible revolution would happen just based on that. What a statement it would be. Because if our altars at home are not places where we can welcome the other, What makes us ever think that this altar will be that place? And what are we doing as followers of Jesus to do that? Think about that. Who's on your guest list? Who is the other that God is putting on your guest list? Jesus was accused of welcoming sinners. He was popular among those who were left out by the empire, by the religious elite by those who didn't qualify for the temple or the palace. That's, those are the people who loved Jesus. That's the grace of Jesus. The rebellious, number three, the rebellious. Got the insignificant, the stranger, the other. Now it's the rebellious. The rebellious. Jesus told the story about the prodigal son... Who wanted his inheritance early, almost like telling his dad, You're as good as dead. Let me just get my money and go. And he went to the far, far corners of the earth and uh, he was broke and found himself in a pigsty. You remember that? He finally, it says, he came to his senses and he began to come back. And when he was walking back, Jesus said, He was memorizing his holy and kind of religious confession. Oh, oh, Father, I've sinned against you. Please take me back. I'll just be your slave. And he kept saying that over and over again, right? And he walks back. Jesus says the father with an aching heart was on the porch and did not let his son get to him before he ran out and hugged him and put the finest robe and ring and sandals on him. Cut the fatted calf. That was the only character that it was not good news for, right? Cut the fatted calf. Let's have a party. And you remember that other son was just like this. Dad, your guest list is too big for me. This person, my brother, does not deserve a feast. I've been here. I've worked. I've followed the rules. What are you doing? And the son in the story walks away. The rebellious. They were on his guest list. The fourth, the enemy. Now, this is the hardest one. Christ calls us to show hospitality to our enemies. Now, when I say enemy, what faces come to mind? Now, be honest, probably a few people are starting to come, come to you, maybe. What does it mean to show hospitality to them? Jesus, hanging on a cross, hands nailed to the wood, looked out on people who were mocking Him and laughing at Him. And what did He say? Father, strike them with lightning. Smite them, Father. What did He say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Now, um, and um, Rami said this, and it made me think about this. Rami said, it's, it's amazing enough that Jesus said, Father, forgive them. But he thinks the other part of that is pretty amazing too. They don't know what they're doing. Not, Father, forgive them, they're terrible people. Not, Father, forgive them, they're evil. It's, Father, forgive them, Jesus said, For they know not what they're doing. They know not what they're doing. Jesus says your guest list needs to include your enemies. Now I'm not saying maybe you want to bring your enemies over to sit and eat at your table, but maybe I am. I don't know. But maybe there's another way. Like the many ways that Jesus was able to even show His enemies love instead of returning evil for evil. Where, where are you? The insignificant, the stranger, the rebellious, the enemy. Making space for others. You know, as I've been praying about this this week and, and um, preaching, uh, preparing to preach for this, I see myself in every one of those categories. I see myself. It's almost like I'm looking in a mirror. Jesus says, look. Look at the insignificant. Look at the rebellious. Look at the uh, the stranger. Look at the enemy. And I realize what Jesus is calling me to do is to see myself in the other. To do the hard work of othering. So that so that others might know who your Savior, who your rabbi, really, really is. About two years after I went to Turkey, two years after I went to Turkey, two women came up to Parkway Hills over at Madison and... They were side by side, and so they had that hijab, hijab, hijab on. And so, I, you know, it's hard to tell, you know, no, you know. and so they, they come up to me. And notice one was uh, Hatice. She's my good friend who sends me birthday greetings, led me through Turkey. And another one, I had no idea who this other one is, but the, she came in, and I didn't understand them, and they didn't understand me, and we were talking, and all of a sudden, this woman gives me a gift, a tie. And it was like, oh, Bruce, this is, this is you visited them in Turkey. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Gave me a tie, gave me a couple of other gifts, and we, we, we were there and we welcomed one another and, um, and they were in my office for a little bit and I was like, but I can't, who is this woman? And then she got out her iPhone and she played, she played us singing, you are my sunshine, I can't help falling in love with you and I'll fly away. And I felt lavished and loved over again by two of the least likely people I ever thought that I happened with. You've got to know this. We who follow Jesus are called to the edges and to the frontier to lavish our love on everybody. Does that mean you're converting everybody? No, it does not. Jesus says, welcome people. Jesus says, be Christ to other people. Jesus doesn't say, win an argument. Jesus doesn't say, try to manipulate or coerce someone. Jesus says, you just love them like I love you. Jesus says, you make space for other people like I make space for you. And you let me do the work. Let Let me worry about the details. Because even at the end, before Jesus was crucified, He told His disciples... I go to a place to prepare and make space for you. So between now, so quit worrying about dying and start living because I've got that taken care of. You keep making space for other people. You keep expanding the invitation list so others know about this incredible feast set for you by Jesus, who is our host who is our guest, who is at your table in your house and at my table and at this table. And let's make space. Hospitality. We can't do it alone. It's almost impossible. But with God's help and as we help each other, maybe we can think of a few more invitations. Let's pray. Lord God, you are so much bigger than we could ever imagine. Your love is so much deeper than we could ever fathom. God, we thank you because we celebrate as we sing and as we share that we've been invited. We've gotten the invitation. And there have been so many ways in which we know that you've made space for us. God, help us to do that for other people, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, no matter what they believe. Help us to see your face in their face as we live. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the great feast. Thank you for using us to invite others. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.